Good morning. Welcome to Train Mech, Train Wreck Marriage. Man, it seems like a Monday. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, uh, today we're going to talk about some of the past, some of the current, some of what we see in the future. Um, you know, we, we've been through kind of some unique things um, that was God-driven, that God had to wake us up. Um, back, uh, well, really up until about four years ago, um, you know, we were, we were all about having stuff, um, because that's who we were, you know, that's where we found our identity. We didn't find it in Christ. We, we found it in what toys do you have? Whoever dies with most toys wins that kind of mentality. Um, you know, we had a beautiful house, 3000 square feet, um, and we'd actually added on a bedroom that, um, you know, we said we'd die in the house because it uh, was a huge bedroom with master bedroom, bathroom, walk-in closet. And, you know, we it's kind of funny when you look back of what God's trying to tell you as you go along. And um, we had a huge amount of things, but we had a huge amount of debt. And we had a huge amount of payments and we had a huge amount of, we had a lot, um, you know, and, and it would have been almost, or would have been about four years ago this time. Um, Susan went to the, uh, skin doctor to get a few spots checked and they were cancers. And, uh, you know, for me, and I don't know where she was at in her head because I don't know that we've ever really talked about it. But um, for me, it was kind of like a realization of God saying, okay, what's truly important to you? I'm going to make you pick what's important to you. I'm going to make you think this through. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at all the stuff and just kind of while she's while they're doing tests, you know, even through the surgery, we're waiting on the results, um, you know, because she had two or three different kinds, three. three different kinds of skin cancer. And, you know, um, it was it was one of those times where I really reflected on what is important. And, you know, I thought I could tell you a week before all the diagnosis what truly was important. And I realized now, looking back, that I had absolutely no clue what was important because it really was about what did people think about me? Um, did they think that I was successful or that we had this or that? I mean, there, there was just a lot... And, and that's a, a, probably like a 10 part podcast if I ever go down that road. Um, well, and I think for me that, you know, having all the stuff, not only did we have a big, beautiful house, but we had a lake house, we had the boat, we had the jet skis, two motorcycles, just a whole bunch of stuff that we thought we had to have to make us happy. And for me, a lot of it was, you know, thinking about what people thought we wanted to look like we were successful yeah from the world standpoint you know the more toys you have the more successful you are is what the world teaches us and at the time 
and really through the first 18, 19 years of our marriage, that's what we did. We worked to buy things so that we looked important and that we looked successful. And now, you know, just even sitting here talking about it, I feel like God was saying that's why you had so many marital problems is because you weren't focused on me. You were living for the world. And when we live for the world, we're going to be at odds with one another because the world cannot satisfy. We're looking for at each other to satisfy us or to give us what we want or, hey, buy me this or buy me that. And the, you know, each other can't satisfy, the world can't satisfy, only God can really fill the void that we're trying to fill. And, you know, I'm so thankful to God for changing us in the sense of we have realized how unimportant having all of this stuff is. Um, I'm not sure what direction David's really wanting to head today, but... Just roll with it. I mean, yeah, go wherever God's directing you we, to go. Um, so when we went through our crisis and, um, you know, we're about divorced and all of that was going on, God was changing us and, and working in us and just really changing our heart. And yes, the cancer was kind of, the diagnosis was kind of a turning point in our lives. To me, it wasn't a serious diagnosis, but anytime somebody uses the word cancer, everybody, oh, yeah, you know. And to me, it was it was really, a, it was almost like I was able to stop and, and seriously look through what's truly important. What if this cancer spreads? What if she dies? What, what does this look like? for me being alone and where where does that kind of what's again what's important because that's for me it was it was a real reality check in who I was um and defining what was really important to me um and it that's the thing is I I think God uses things where it's not important for one but for the other it is and and honestly, that was probably more of a, um, hold on, Blakely, we have our granddaughter here today. She's, she's drinking an orange drink. Um, we had to get the lid on it. So, um, you know, the, the diagnosis for me, just the thought of living without you, that was, that was, and it wasn't that it was like the doctor said, oh, here's what's going on. It was just, God was like, really? This is what's important to you, stuff. Trying to impress other people, you know. It, it's, again, it, to me, it wasn't as hu a huge deal. We knew it was treatable. I didn't have to right. take any kind of radiation chemo or anything like that it was in the whole scheme of things a pretty minor in my mind a pretty minor diagnosis but it did make us stop and realize that one we're not um we're not eternal here on this earth we are eternal in eternity <laughs> if was, we are believers in god well and that was probably the first time that i had really <laughs> This does sound stupid, and I can't believe I'm saying this. It was really probably the the first time that I felt like that 
we were not invincible or that we weren't going to live forever. And I, I know that sounds stupid, but life, you kind of get going in life and you, you kind of get to the point where you got it going on your things. Yeah. You know, you're going to get old and die, but it's not going to be till forever. Well, we're, we're sneaking up on forever. Well, and when you're 30 and 40, you do think you're invincible. You think you can conquer the world or you're in the middle right. of, you know, we were in the middle of growing a business. We thought uh, we've, you know, we'll live forever. And, um, so anyway, during, you know, once all that took place, we, God just laid it on our hearts to really just downsize and. Well, really it was me. It was as I get that look. Well, cause I come to you and I said, here's the problem I got. If we'd have walked in there and they said you had six months to live, I would have regretted the last 25 years because we worked to buy crap. Right. And, and you know, there was no freedom in that. There was no freedom in having stuff. And, um, and, and I told her, I said, I want to sell everything but the business. She's like, what is your definition of everything? <laughs> Both my Harleys, the lake house, the boats, the jet skis, the vehicles, the rental houses, the buildings. I mean, really, it was, it was, I was in, um, I did not really, I, I wanted to be free. And like I told her, as I said, I want to get to the point where we cash out right now. We were, you know, 48. Um, and I said, I want cash out. And then set a couple of years just on cash doing what we want to do. But I want to get to the point where if you say, I want to go to Florida, I get on Expedia, punch up the app, and we leave next Thursday and come back on Monday. And we were not in a spot where we could do that because of all the stuff we had, whether it be responsibility, whether it be payments, whether it be, it, it just wasn't feasible. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, if we want to buy it all back, we can. But I don't think we will. Well, and that's the thing is, we were in so much debt. We were living paycheck to paycheck and then some. And just trying, the stress that that caused of trying to make all the payments and trying to still get the kids what they needed and wanted and still trying to, you know, there's still the worldly flesh of we still, you know, need to live a certain way. Um, but in reality, you know, God just really opened all the doors. We, you know, slowly were selling things. The motorcycle sold, the lake house finally sold after I think a year and a half. Um, the boat sold, the jet skis sold. Um, we put our house on the market and it sold fairly quickly. Like two months. Yeah. Put and it on first of May, it was sold by the end of June. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, and we just really felt a peace about that. You know, we talked at the beginning about how um, discerning God's will. And, you know, there was through all of that, we were in agreement and yeah. there was a, a peace about it. Yes. And we truly gave it, you know, God, if the house is, if we're supposed to get rid of the house, it'll sell. It's sold. Um, and the house that we're at now, it's kind of ironic because we were going to Pittsburgh and I asked David, I said, do you think that um, Charlie, who the owner of this house, would be interested in renting his farmhouse? Because I knew it was empty. And um, 
so I just, you know, made in casual conversation said, do you think Charlie would be interested in renting his uh, house? And so, um, you know, I think the next day David went and talked to him and they were like, yes, we would be more than thrilled to have somebody in there. Um, obviously, houses last longer and stay in good condition when somebody's living in them. And so they were they were thrilled and we were thrilled and God had just really opened up the door. Well, and the thought comes to me when me and Susan went to get the keys from Eloise, um, one thing she said is she said, you've got to know you're an answer to prayer. She says, I prayed for two years for God to bring someone in that we could trust to live in that house. And here you are. And you know, we, it really, you don't know how many times that God intermingles what you feel is a gift, mm -hmm. a great, great answer for you, but also is an answer for someone else at the same time. And, and it really, it was like, okay, this is it. We're doing it. Cause I told him, I don't know when we can move in. We're still selling our house. I don't know how long we'll be there, but you know, it just was a, a very open and and it was such a blessing honestly looking back um having this house that we're living renting right now um was just such a blessing at the time and we had no idea when sometimes when you're running through it well for me i don't know maybe you can see it for me it's hard sometimes to see the true blessing of something when it's going on well and i think also you know <clears throat> God did not verbally say, I want you to move to this house. It's perfect. I've got it for you. I'm going to set it up this way and everything's just going to go along seamlessly. So we just, we, but in order to discern his will, it's those gentle nudges that he gives, you know, just like us driving by this house, knew it was empty. Um, and me making the statement, Hey, I wonder if he'd sell it. David being bold enough to go and talk to her, she says, you know, God completely blew the door open. Right. In the sense of, you know, we've prayed that somebody would rent it that we can trust. We've, you know, and so I think for a lot of people, for us anyway, it's those gentle nudges that God gives us. At the time you're going through it, you don't realize, oh, this is God's spirit working through me. You just are trying to find a solution to a problem. Our house had sold, we need some place to live. So we are just going through trying to find a solution when God's setting all of this up to to bless us, to use us as an encouragement to um you know, I don't I don't really know why it all worked out so wonderfully, but God has a plan and we are trusting that plan and we're trying to work within that plan. Well, and I think I think it's safe to say, and you can disagree if you want to, but I think it was one of those things when we were going through this, we kind of trusted God. Right. I we we really we were trying to figure out what that relationship meant, what those nudges were, or what when God's speaking to you and you know it's God or the Holy Spirit, you know it's kind of one of those things to where I, we really just tried. We knew we wanted to trust him. Right. But we weren't exactly sure what that looked like. Right. Or, again, you just don't, you know, you don't attribute it to the Holy Spirit nudging you. Yeah. You just, 
again, are trying to find a solution to a circumstance or a situation. And, and so, but we knew that we wanted to try to be in his will and right. to try to do what he wanted us to. We just didn't know what exactly that looked like. And that's, I think, kind of comes back to the relationship, you know, knowing his voice, knowing that it's him. And, and um, it's really one of those things to where as you, as you grow with God, then you get to where you can hear God in the sense of um, you you know God's going before you and God's setting things up based off of what's going on. And, you know, that was a real struggle for me, really, because I, I, I like to have a plan and I like to know where I'm going because if I know where I'm going, I really don't need God. Sometimes God probably the most I've grown with God has been in times where I didn't know the answer and I had to trust him. And that's, you know, um, he's a good, good father. He's really, you know, just directed us through this, not only where we're at now, we've been at this house two and a half years. Um, but then the conflict afterwards of once we get here and we get settled in, then you start the discussion of, okay, are we going to be here forever? What's this look like? And for us, honestly, for us, we don't do well in that situation. <laughs> it's just true. Um, because, you know, I, I think, I mean, I was pretty well rooted that until God told, told me to move, I was not moving. I was because we were starting to see freedom. We were starting to see freedom from paying this off, paying that off, not having these payments, and really getting to the point to where it was, uh, you know, cash and cash only. Did we make great decisions in selling stuff? No. I can look back and see where we left money on the table. and um, But it kind of gets addictive when you start paying stuff off to get rid of debt even more because there's a lot of freedom in that because you're not not a slave to the payment or slave to the bank. Well, and I remember specifically feeling like God was telling me, um, you are not going to profit from selling all this stuff. You're selling it in obedience to what I've called you to do. And I will get it. I will allow it to, to be as much as you need, you know? Um, but, but I remember specifically thinking, you know, yes, we left money on the table, but we weren't doing it to make a profit. We were doing it to get rid of payments and to lower our monthly expenses, you know, and it's very interesting, especially to kind of go down a rabbit trail just a little bit. A lot of times in the business, when we get deposits in, I'm thinking, oh man, I wish there was more. I wish you know, it's a great deposit, but it could be more. Or our receivables is way too high. And da, da, da. And in the business as well, God, I remember specifically him one day saying, I am going to give you your daily bread. Yeah. He gives us daily what we need. And not always is it above and beyond what we want. He has met every single need that we have ever had. Well, it may not be as comfortable in the sense of you always want more. I mean, that's kind of human nature of, you know, well, God, make it easy on me. Give me, you know, when, and I think, you know, that daily bread, that's a great point because it kind of, for me, 
we're not promised tomorrow. But we sure plan like we're going to be here forever. And in reality, if he gives us more than our daily bread, we're going to screw it up. You know, we don't need more than our daily bread. Because then if we have more than our daily bread, we get greedy. We get to where we make bad decisions. We take control back over how we should spend or what we should spend versus he is generous enough to give us our daily bread and to meet our needs on a daily basis. Well, and I don't think, I mean, correct me if if I'm wrong here, as she's walking away to check on Blakely. <laughs> um, you know, I, I we weren't in a spot where we could deal with it. And that seems odd. Um, but the truth of the matter is we really weren't in a spot where we could use God, what God given us correctly. We were, um, and so if he'd have gave us a ton of money, we'd have felt huge relief and now we're done. We've done where God really didn't work that way in this situation. God, God really just come through in the situation of being able to pay what we needed and uh, take care of it, but it was, it was still a trusting in Him every day, and that's that's where I think that um, it, where the struggle is, is you don't see the huge win in it. You just see, okay, I've I've relieved this payment, and I've done this, and I've done that, and and you know, I think it uh, really. Looking back, it was overwhelming at the time. It was freedom. It was overwhelming. But then you had the conflict in your mind of, now what do I have? I have nothing. And and that one was a struggle for me um, and being okay with it. It, it took some time. But um, I know like in this house, we had many arguments over moving. Over the last two and a half years, um, we, we've had arguments over, do we move? Do we buy a house? Are we going to live here forever? And it was just one of those things to where I was kind of hunkered down because I didn't feel like God was saying, go. I'm, let me get some more pieces in line. Well, and I uh, reluctantly agree, just in the sense of, you know, there's a lot of, when we moved in here, they told us we could do whatever we wanted to the house and we could stay as long as we wanted. And at the time, that was great and comfortable. And um, then, you know, after a year or so, I was just starting to get unsettled just because I didn't feel like it was ours. And, you know, yes, they said we could do whatever we wanted to it, but what I want to do with it is... You know, it could be costly as far as, you know, or paint trim or things that, you know, and this house is very a very old farmhouse. And so there's certain things you don't want to do or you shouldn't do. But if we owned it, then I would probably do it. Um, so just that struggle. And then, you know, there was a whole snake issue that we won't go into. Um, I was ready to move out that day. And... Um, so it's just, there's, you know, there's farmers that go in and out of the driveway all the time. There's, there's just a lot of negatives that come with it. And so I was just, have been unsettled somewhat. And yet then on the next day I could wake up and say, okay, I'm content in being here. We'll see what, we'll wait on right. God. We'll see what he does. So 
For me, it's a very wishy-washy. Um, every time I have to go to the basement to do laundry, it causes me stress and anxiety. So I'm wanting to be somewhere that, that doesn't happen. And so it's just, it's very fluent. And David is very patient with me. And thankfully, because I am a hot mess. And, you know, I'm just so... Uh, several times I have wrote down verses on contentment and being content where God has us. And yes, that's helped. And I'm really trying to be in his will. Um, just know that days, some days it's just difficult. Right. No. And I agree with you because, you know, there's things that I hear clearly that I'm good with and there's things I don't. And, and, you know, that's one of the problems because your relationship is, he's always there. He's mm -hmm. always, always giving you what you need. Now, sometimes it's silence. And that's a tough road because then that leaves it up to your head to go. And I think that's where our relationship has grown really over the last two years um, is in that silence, what do you do? And, and that's been... Um, Really, for me, I was getting zipped this whole time about moving, about even looking. I would look at houses, um, but it was an instantly no. I could look on. I She has no idea until we have this conversation right now. So you and her are the first time mm -hmm. hearing this. But in the background, I was looking at houses because I do want to make her happy, but all of them just didn't fit, didn't have what 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 we have talked about where God's going, just none of it fit. And yeah, you can make this one work and what we can get around this. And I just kept going back to, no, this is, God's going to give us the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, it, it really is one of those things that it's a fight. And you've got to get hunkered down in where God's got you. But I think also, though, I think we've gained a lot of respect for each other in what God's saying. Is that fair? Yeah, I would, I would say that. And we also learned, or I've also learned, and God kind of confirmed it Sunday with, the, with our pastor's message that when God feels, when it feels like God is being silent, that's when we're supposed to listen. Right. That's what we do is we listen. I think so many times we have a one-sided conversation with God and then we can't figure out why he's not speaking or why we're not feeling anything or why things aren't happening the way we think they ought to. And the thing is because we never get still and we never get silent. And I know last week we talked about being still and listening for God. And I think there's a lot of value in that in the sense of when you don't hear, you have to be still and listen. God came to Elijah, not in a storm, not in the wind, but in a still, small voice. And Elijah was listening to hear his voice. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, as, you, as a relationship, when you start mixing this, you know, it's a difference between what you believe God's telling you compared to what God's telling your spouse. Now, what is he telling you as a couple? And sometimes I, I've ran into this before where God will show a vision of what, where we're going it, down the road, but it's not for today. 
and and so sometimes we get excited about where we're going and we're not willing to wait on God. We want to jump and go now. Well, and I would be even as bold to say that if you're listening for God and it is in complete contrast of what your spouse, as long as your spouse is listening for God too, God will not put you at odds against each other. I would uh, no, be willing to say that is he's not yeah. going to give me one thing and David com- something completely else. Um, we're probably going to have to go into a part two of this conversation, but um, we're in the process of trying to make some really big decisions. And I, what I've been praying for is that we, God would give us unity in our decision. Um, and we really are unified. Yeah. We both are clueless as to what we're supposed right. to do, to be quite honest. And so, but we're unified in that. Right. And so, um, I would just say, you know, be cautious if you feel one way and your spouse feels another. If you're both seeking God's will, they will not be at odds against each other. Yeah, and that's what I had a friend in South Africa I was talking to one time, and we were talking about we had some money that we were going to help a family out with, and and I wanted to do it. Susan was like, eh, and so I was talking to him, and I was like, Okay, so I know I'm supposed to do this. Do I go ahead and do this? And he's without Susan. And he's like, absolutely not. Unless you two are in agreement, you do not make a move. And that was probably some wisdom that I'd never really heard before. Because, okay, let's go back a handful of podcasts. I mean, the way I was raised and the way I've always heard it is the man's in charge, makes a decision, and goes. And... And I think that that we take that sometimes out of context where that means what they say really has very little value. And that is not the case. And that's my friend saying that you have to be in agreement to make it work was really kind of, it was a lesson for me. And uh, so as we went through this, we're now kind of started looking at houses. Of course, the market's hot. There's a there's a lot of things God's doing in the background, and but I wanted kind of today just to discuss how do you get from A to B? What what does that look like from her perspective and from mine? And we will be having another podcast to finish this, but I I just want to encourage you. You know, um, if things aren't going well. That is not God's plan. Um, you know, it's not God's plan for you to be frustrated, for you to be frustrated in the relationship. Mad, what that means is there's there's someone that's not seeking God or both of you are not really seeking God. And, and that's where um, I was talking to my cousin the other day and, and we were having that conversation and she was telling me about what all was going in their world and their family and all of this. And I, I said, but I think God's trying to tell you something through this. This isn't about everyone else. It's about you and your relationship with him. And I think sometimes, uh, bless you, Blakely, uh, sometimes we, we get to the point where we want everyone else to change 
we want everybody else to change, but we really don't want God to change us. And I, I think that kind of gets to the kind of the theme of um, God fixed them, but I'm perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when really God's trying to show you something through this situation. So anyway, well, again, we're out of time for our podcast. I just want to encourage you. And I, um, let me pray for everybody. It, it's just God's kind of putting it on me. Um, Lord, I just thank you for whoever's listening to this podcast and I don't know their situation, but you do. And God, I ask that, uh, you show them your face in a special way today so that they know it's you and that you are God Mm -hmm. and that you are in control because Lord, I, I feel like there's some listening to this podcast that, um, just really are not sure and I've been there, and that that area just is horrible, Lord. I just ask that you give them that glimmer of hope. You give them that little sign that you are God, and you are there. Mm-hmm. And um, amen. And Lord, I just uh, I just just excited about what you're going to do. Amen. Anyway, I kind of get to rambling, but I in just Jesus name, amen. In Jesus name, amen. But. Guys, I want to encourage you that uh, the fight's worth it, and without God, it's it's a long, lonely fight. So draw close to God. We love you, and have a great week. Bye-bye.